0: There will be no real, non-controlled currency in the world. It's D5, baby, baby. We're coming for you, banks. It's an exciting time to be involved in Bitcoin Cash at the moment. During that whole war of versus big blocks, like, will we the bad guys? Will we be the ones that went listing? Fundamentally, we believe in markets, transparency, and tokenization come on you gotta come stronger than that you know like hello and welcome back to the bitcoin cash podcast following bitcoin cash on its rise to global reserve currency this is episode number 101 ThorChain and BCH featuring familiar cow. Today is Wednesday, the 13th of December, 2023. I'm your host, Jeremy. Jet is doing the producing, same as always. And we have a quick note to begin, which is for people who are listening to the uh, previous episode with Roger. He said live on air that he was going to try and get some details about the cash tokens and Bitcoin.com wallet integration if that was underway or whatnot and he messaged me after the show and said uh with some details from corbin who said that basically they're they're keeping an eye on it but they're not going to be diving in deep into that straight away and the reason is because you have the slp and spch failures which obviously aren't inspiring a lot of confidence in the team the dev tooling for cash tokens is still really young there's not a lot of price feeds for assets it's not a lot of icons, the documentation needs work. They need to go out to millions of users immediately and they're supporting five or six chains. So BCH-specific features really have to be justifying any dev time that they spend on it. So they'll keep an eye on it. And maybe over the next six to 12 months, they'll get back into it or they won't, uh, who knows. But the ecosystem can I to fly on without them anyway. So I'm not too worried about it okay our guest today is familiar cow who is a thor chad a thor chain builder and communications director at nine realms welcome to the show how do you get into bitcoin what's up guys thanks for having me on yeah
1: i've been into bitcoin for a couple years probably since like 2015 on and off been like in and out i think a lot of people get in for like number goes up uh which is like obviously pretty cool and though was into that for a bit and you know interest kind of you know, wanes and waxes. I saw some some new cool tech like smart contracts come into play, and I thought that was pretty cool. But um, you know, Bitcoin's always kind of had my imagination a little bit. Like I, I think, like a lot of us. So um, what, what's really kept me around, and uh, you know, it made me it made me stick around, is just being able to trade Bitcoin without a centralized exchange, without a you know, without that counterparty, um, and having some kind of trusted relationship between. Uh, you and whoever you're selling your Bitcoin to, so uh, obviously that that being Thorchain, so that's kind of what's uh you know brought me around, and now uh, you know completely transitioned my life to, to focusing on on this and being able to trade Bitcoin in a, a the most trust minimized manner as you possibly can, and then building other cool stuff on on top of Bitcoin uh, to just eliminate trusted third parties, which I think is kind of all a, a vision that we're all pretty aligned with. So that's that's pretty much what I'm here for, just to make. Bitcoin uh, more do more things than just you know be kind of a uh, pet rock so to speak.
0: <laughs> the digital pet rock yeah that's a, a frequent <laughs> uh, pejorative that people do leverage against you know BTC specifically and it's funny because it's like there's two groups of people trying to add more functionality to BTC. And one of them is the people inside the BDC community, and the other is the people outside the BDC community. And the ones who are outside are actually doing the better job. <laughs> the ones who are on the inside, they get into infighting, they get stalled, they have all these different problems. But things like Thorchain can just crack on and add it into the rest of crypto, and it just goes so much smoother, right? Because there's not those internal politics, and it's just permissionless, and you just build whatever you want, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like we like we don't need permission to build on top of Bitcoin. Like we we've, we create like the the whole architecture of Thorchain is to solve the problem of how do you have a Bitcoin custodian, right? How do you custody Bitcoin on its native chain through non uh, non-authoritarian, so a permissionless validator set that's rotating constantly, so it's capture resistant. How how do you custody that Bitcoin through an and an, that anonymous validator set and it, you know, it, enable things like you know swaps and everything that that chain does. That's pretty much the entire purpose around it. And yeah, I mean, it, it, currently is the only way to do something like this because you can't build it directly on the Bitcoin network. You need to you need to kind of use the Bitcoin network as a primitive and build uh, build architecture around it in order to secure those assets and and kind of solve that problem of um you know how do you how do you trade without that that trusted third party, which is kind of all what it what it comes back to. Because uh, that, that's pretty much how everyone does it nowadays.
0: Yeah, and it's a pretty essential part of the crypto infrastructure when you think about it. Because even though ThorChain is still sort of relatively recent-ish, as, as far as I'm aware, it was like started 20, like 2018, maybe the idea came up. And then 2019 was when it kind of launched. So I guess now we're getting to the end of 2023. So that's a full four years of building. But at the same time, such a huge project, it takes a while to get going, it takes a while to build up liquidity and so forth. And there's not all that many other alternatives necessarily. Like a lot of the people always go on about DEXs and so forth. And most of that tends to just be within one chain, right? Or, uh, yeah, so- I mean,
1: going into the history a little bit, like there's some pretty interesting developments, like, I think ThorChain originally started... So I, I've been around for, for less than the history of, of ThorChain. So this is kind of going off of what other people have, have told me about the history of ThorChain. Uh, so it's kind of started off as a kind of a failed idea because the, the technology just wasn't there back in you know, tw- uh, you know know early 2018, I believe. And then uh, something came along called Threshold Signatures, which is basically like a fancier multi-sig and being able... To aggregate signatures from multiple different parties, so in order to form in order to form one signature to then send out, you know, Bitcoin to uh, from uh, basically a, a set of one parties that doesn't need to be the, the same set all, all the time, uh, and you know, it, it, you can do it once you reach a certain threshold of consensus. So it basically makes it an easier way to have a a multi sig for this type of use case, and that was one of the major. the the first major innovations that kind of allowed Thorchain to exist was the uh, the advent of threshold signatures. So we we call it, it's called TSS. So if I say like TSS later, then that's what it's referring to. Uh, And yeah, we we use this GG20 uh, TSS algorithm essentially, which makes it so you can have, uh, you know, 20 signers for uh, one Bitcoin transaction. As soon as 16 of them agree, then it basically is able to send out uh, Bitcoin from a shared vault so that that's one of the, like the core innovations that wasn't really possible, you know, back in the day. But now, with you know a lot of advances in cryptography, uh, that's a more a more recent thing. And a lot of other people are
0: leveraging that tech too. Uh, it's pretty pretty common in, in the space now, from, from what I've seen. Yeah, well, that's one of the amazing things about crypto, right, is because it obviously has that economic element. It has spurred so much research and development into cryptography. So the crypto community, if they don't have the tools they need for the job, well, they'll get on and they'll invent them, you know, or discover them, I guess. However, they'll come up with any <laughs> new shit that we need, like sort of faster than we can be kind of regulated or slowed down or, or, you know, whatever. Like, uh, the crypto community is incredibly, incredibly entrepreneurial. Obviously in many cases in a rather scammy way, which is a bit unfortunate, but, uh, you, you cannot deny that it's at least creative and profit minded. So uh, I love when this kind of stuff comes out that is actually useful, you know, that, uh, of all the things that are going on, a couple of good things. Take, take root that otherwise maybe there would have never been a need for humanity to discover or investigate or look into. It's just really incredible how the sort of singular primitive of the Bitcoin white paper, and then has just led to this huge explosion of stuff that we have now. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly, and a lot of this came out of university research, I believe. Uh, and there's, it's a very complicated topic. Like, I, there's, there's very few people in the world who actually understand TSS. I'm certainly not one of them. I'm not, you know, a mathematical, or cryptographical like genius like these guys. I, I would say there's, you know, only handfuls of people that you know really truly understand threshold signatures. So it's, it's, it's very much on the cutting edge. And, you know, when Thorchain, you know, put this into production, you know, we're, we're one of the first networks to really uh, actually start leveraging TSS, like, in a in a production environment and actually start securing like, real funds using TSS. Now, now it's definitely becoming a lot more common. You see it with, uh, with wallets nowadays using TSS. So like the, uh, like, I, I've seen plenty of wallets that they'll, they'll shard you know, your private key to three different keys, they'll hold one of them and then uh, you custody two of them. So that way basically as like a backup solution where they can have a partial uh, part of your key, but they can't just sign out funds from your wallet. But it's basically some kind of backup solution where if you lose one of those keys, they still have the second one as a backup. So it's useful for a, a ton of different things. This is just the solution that, um, that we're using in order to, uh, you have a have a like a shared custody solution for the the Bitcoin that the the network custodies. because uh, obviously like we all know that the dangers of, of wrapped assets and I guess we can we can go into that a little bit but like yeah. uh, everything boils down at the end of the day to to native assets and if you can't you need to be able to secure the uh, like you need to be able to secure the Bitcoin on the Bitcoin chain uh, and th- there's no really other method to do that other than either multisig or CSS, at least yeah. to my knowledge
0: yeah yeah i think and it's something that i've said on this show many times is obviously a lot of the crypto scene gets a bit lost i think in my opinion because they don't really fully grok the concept that a blockchain can verify and validate the native assets on it it cannot promise you anything else so as soon as you have like stable coins somebody has a usd bank account boom you've instantly got custodians right As soon as you have wrapped assets, which are redeemable on some other chain by some complicated mechanism, boom, you're going to have custodians, you're going to have problems there. You know, People are saying, well, what about if we do real estate or what about if we do our car or what about if we do gold or whatever? You're all tracked on the blockchain. Well, there might be use cases for those, but as soon as you get into anything like that, you're going to run into a lot of problems that you can completely avoid. If you just stick to the native asset, so I do really like that part of yeah. the Thor chain. There's check- always a wrapper. There's always a
1: custodian. Like if you tokenize real estate, there's still someone that holds it. If you do it with gold, there's still someone that holds the physical thing. So it's always just some kind of wrapped asset problem. And like with with all these chains, like that's kind of what's interesting about Thor Chain's model is that you just. We, you're only dealing with native asset settlement. That, that's why, like you know, we say all the time on the team, like it's the native asset settlement backbone. Like you, you send in one nat- native asset and you get out the other, just like on a on a centralized exchange. You're just cutting out the 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 account part of it, where you have to sign up and, and KYC and everything. So it's it's just more of a uh, of a model where you don't have to worry. Like you're only worrying about the the custodial risk for a couple a couple minutes while the swap is actually in flight. Um, Like you still take on risks if you're an LP or you know you provide assets to the network, but if you're a a swapper, then all you really need to worry about is the security during the time of the trade. Otherwise, it's just regular. It's just self custody as normal. You're just you you hold your own keys. You can do your own security. So it's that's kind of why um, I think Thorchain is kind of poignant because it, it really boils down to the base layer. Of the of the chain itself and interacting with the assets on that chain without saying okay we're gonna take those we're gonna wrap it into our own we're gonna custody all of it and then issue out you know some asset that um, that the network controls so it, it's really just tapping into liquidity on different chains which is why like when I first heard about Thorchain I was like wow this is like a really interesting way of of doing things and something that makes a lot more sense than like a you know like a Uniswap and like wrap Bitcoin uh, type of
0: model. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of that, we got to check in on the price, which we do every episode. This week, Bitcoin Cash is $230.61 US, slightly up. One BTC buys 182.6 BCH, down slightly, and one ETH buys 9.6 BCH, which is flat. RUNE, which is the native token of ThorChain, we'll get into it in a second, is at number 40 on the coin market cap currently it's had a big pump recently actually uh, up to five dollars and 90 cents us and one bch therefore is 39.08 rune so speaking as somebody who spends all day uh working with tech that's about swapping one coin for another what do you make of the crypto markets recently are we coming into a bull run what's the story there I mean,
1: I, I have no special insight, but I mean, you can't
0: help but feel like we are right, especially with
1: ETFs on the on the horizon. Um, anyone that that doesn't want to be here is long gone. So I don't, <laughs> I don't see any reason why you know why we wouldn't be. Although I could be completely wrong. Honestly, there's there's no one in the world that can tell you definitively one way or the other. So I wouldn't claim to know any better. But um, you know, as long as we don't go anywhere, like we can, we can just do this stuff with ourselves all day and other people, you can either join us or not join us, you know? So, I mean, that's the way I feel about it at least. Like yeah, we, yeah. we just have to build something that is, that's good enough for other people to, to want to, to use. And then if, uh, if it gains adoption, then, then great. Then, then
0: price goes up just naturally. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Thinking for the long run. I love that fundamentals. Okay. So let's get into it a little bit. Then I, uh, we'll just kind of launch straight into it. But I think for a lot of our listeners, we're just going to need to go back to the start and give them a bit of a run through of what actually is ThorChain and how it works. Uh, we already sort of touched on it a little bit, but just the basics are, and you can, I'll, I'll give my explanation. You can then correct or elaborate if I'm wrong. So from what I understand, so it's a cross-chain DEX, a uh, sort of decentralized exchange. Technically, it's not a bridge. So it's not that you're moving assets from one to another. You're actually trading them uh, where you're sort of selling one to buy another or vice versa. It has BTC, ETH, BCH, Litecoin, Doge, BNB, AVAX, and some Cosmos stuff, which I didn't really know what that was, but must be something in crypto. The idea is that the validators, of which there is currently apparently 104, uh, run a full node of all those different chains and the way that you can do a distributed swap is that you can submit an order on any chain by putting data into your transaction so in a Bitcoin chains that would be an op return but every chain has kind of something similar and then the Thor chain nodes are watching the, op- the blockchain obviously and they're watching those op returns and when they see an order being put in then they pick up on it And then they do a swap of your coin A, uh, for rune to get uh, some rune. And then they swap rune for the other one on the chain that has the, that the message is, is going to and the address that it's going to on the other side. And then if you're doing a massive swap, you can also chunk it up into little pieces so that, uh, even if there's not necessarily tons and tons of liquidity in the pools, you can still get a large amount through. And then it operates the same with regards to those rune swaps, similar to every other decks, which is that if you put, uh, you know, asset A and asset B, which in this case will always be rune. So you have asset A and rune, and you put an uh, equal amount of them into the pool. Then people can like sort of put in one and take out another, and the pool adjusts the price so that the ratio is maintained. How do I do?
1: Yeah, you actually nailed it. I don't think, I think you completely killed that explanation of what ThorChain is. I don't actually think I could do better than that. Uh, I I think you did a super good job. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll just try and rehash what you said. Honestly, you did so well on that, that I am super impressed. Uh, So yeah, ThorChain is both a blockchain and a decentralized exchange and it it just does native asset settlement. That's its primary purpose. So you're right. Every, single one of the Thorchain nodes which there's 104 of them uh i'll take your word. who about. runs those uh, so th- those those are run by different anonymous node operators they have to put up a very large stake of rune and that's part of the economic security of the network we can talk about and oh and yeah. if, if i get too deep into any of these topics kind of reel me back in a little bit because i might you know there's a lot of interesting topics that i might get
0: yeah just just go okay. for it mate this this audience <laughs> yep. is pretty hardcore in bitcoin cash okay so you're talking to the the tech heads here just go for it for sure
1: so yeah so so nine realms is is a uh is a node operator for thorchain uh there's plenty of other active node operators there's a whole community of them uh we have a discord where node operators can publicly uh you know talk with each other and that's where, that's where everything goes on. So the, the whole point is for the node operators to be as, um, you know, a- anonymous and, and capture resistant as possible. Cause they're the ones that actually control the funds on, on the network. Um, so yeah, so there's 104 nodes. There's, there's less uh, actual operators than there are nodes, but um, you know, that's, that's just the way that the, the network functions. So there's, there's 104 actual nodes that um, that that basically run the entire network. Every single one of those nodes, they all have a connected, you know, bi- Bitcoin blockchain um, full full node, Bitcoin Cash, every single connected chain. So I think you mentioned you mentioned all of them. Uh, there's there's UTXO chains, so that's uh, you know Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, Dogecoin. There's EVM based chains, so there's Uh, Ethereum mainnet, there's Avalanche, there's Binance Smart Chain, um, and then there's Cosmos based chains, which is ThorChain itself. So there's Rune, uh, there's Binance Beacon Chain, which is the old Binance chain that we still have, and uh, Cosmos Hub, which is Atom. So those are all the chains that ThorChain runs. So every every single one of those validators, they they run the ThorChain node itself, and they also run every single one of those nodes. So they observe the state of every single one of those chains. And then they use threshold signatures to essentially create an address on every single one of those chains. So it says, oh yeah, this is our vault on Bitcoin Cash. And um, it is constantly scanning.
0: Hang on, each node has their own uh, deposit address?
1: No, um, so the network collectively has a couple of deposit addresses. So there's, I would say there's probably either three there's the, between three and five bitcoin cash addresses that the network holds at any given moment so the, the notes come together in groups of about 20 uh and form a, a big party essentially so it, it uses the threshold signatures to have shared custody of that one address so uh i think there, there's between three and five it's, it's probably four addresses right now it could be five um so it essentially is constantly scanning those those three or four addresses to say, did we get any new coins this block? And it's like, no, continue. So doorchain kind of exists on its own time, but every single block is always scanning every single connected chain to see if it received any coins. And then, just as you said, it, it's looking, it's constantly looking for memos that are attached to those uh, the, those inputs into its vaults. And the memo, it, which is you know an op return for UTXO chain. It goes through the a smart contract router on the EVM chains, and then in Cosmos chains, it's just a, a memo. That's I believe that's part of the transaction types. Um, there's the memo embedded in it, and it's a and in that memo, the user puts in, "Hey, take this um, Bitcoin Cash, um, send it to this Ethereum address. Make sure I don't get any less than this amount." And essentially, so it, it takes the, those coins, and then it swaps. Opts them for Rune. Rune is the liquidity and security asset, which we can go into later. Um, And it's an important part of the design that that Rune exists. Um, So everything is swapped to Rune. And then on the other end, Rune is swapped to the other coin. So Bitcoin Cash to Rune and then from Rune to Ethereum. And then the Ethereum is sent out on the Ethereum blockchain. The nodes come together and they say, hey, this transaction is valid. Everything looks good. Let's come together and uh, sign out this amount of funds that we all agree upon to sign out, and then the the funds are signed out, and they observe that they did it, and everyone says good job, and that's that's pretty much the life cycle of a a transaction on Thorchain for for a swap. So you're you're in and out of na- native assets. So it's literally just an AMM that runs on its own blockchain that observes everything going on to every connected chain.
0: Okay, so there's. There's no no mining, right? So it's proof of stake with staking the rune to run your node?
1: Yes, exactly. So one of the core features of DoorChain is economic security. And that kind of goes back to the problem of like how do you secure the Bitcoin between anonymous rotating parties without it being captured? in any kind of way. So in order to become a ThorChain validator, you have to put up massive amounts of, of Rune. I believe you need around 900k Rune in order to bond in at this moment. So you need a lot of Rune or order to bond in. And also every uh, in every pool, everything is paired with Rune. So it creates this relationship between how much is at stake by the validators and then how much is secured on the external chains. Because let, let, let's say that every validator they just put up Bitcoin as the collateral and then, um, someone wants to steal all the Bitcoin. Well then both the stake and the liquidity can be stolen in some kind of, uh, some kind of attack against the network. So because everything is in Rune, if you were to steal all the liquidity in the network, Rune is worth absolutely nothing because it's not securing anything on the network. Um, and you can also create this hard relationship between, um, the amount of liquidity and the security of the network, because you can guarantee that there will there is always more bonded by the nodes. There's more rune bonded by the nodes than there is um, value that they're securing. So that's what that's what we mean by economic security. And no, no, no other crypto network that does this. Is it ensures that there is always more at stake than there is to be stolen. Um, so it's always more profitable to play by the rules of the network and to properly validate blocks rather than to try and collude. Cause even if you were to run two thirds of the network, if you were to, um, you know, try and civil attack the network and buy up all the rune, um, and you, you put it, you put up that much, put up that much room, try to steal everything in all the vaults. You've just lost more money by doing that because you just lost your entire rune stake, which is now at zero because you just sold everything from the network. Um, you, you've lost more than you possibly could have gained because the amount of liquidity is capped by the um it, it's correlated to the amount of rune in the, in the bond so that there's a there's a direct correlation between the amount of liquidity that the network supports and the uh amount of stake that the nodes put up so it's a very important relationship to make sure that um you, you know you're not securing 200 million dollars worth of assets but the validators only put up 50 million in bond and then, then it would be uh profitable for them to collude and to try and steal all the uh all the funds that are on the network so that's an important part of the the
0: infrastructure yeah so you've got a sort of over collateralized type of situation with a a sort of proof of stake system okay that that's making sense to me and then obviously uh so you said it was about 900 thousand runes so it's about six dollars per r- rune now that's uh five and a half million US is that sounding right
1: yep yep that sounds about right you need you need a lot of money to run a Thornode and a lot of you need technical expertise because you need to be able to run all of the connected chain uh all, all the connected chains um you, you need to be pretty technically savvy to to be a node operator so there's there's a high bar for the, the validators on the network um and I mean, there's a good reason for that. You you can't have low-quality node operators uh, securing hundreds of millions of dollars of liquidity uh, on the network. And they need to have more at stake than there is liquidity on the network. So that's pretty much the whole uh, um, architecture. That was one of the things that really impressed me about the chain when I first heard about it, is just the hard relationship between liquidity and security is just, uh, you know, it's something that... no one does today. Everyone kind of hand waves it away saying like, oh, yeah, you know, the, the you know, no nodes will be, um, uh, you know, As to whatever yeah. kind of altruistic
0: and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not economically incentivized it, you need to yeah. kind of, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, if uh, no bridges do this, they either use a trusted federation where there's some kind of entity that, or multiple entities that are, you know, they use their brand or their name to uh, run a bridge and say, yeah, we're not going to steal any of these funds because, you know, you know us, like we're the, you know, we're these guys. Uh, so a lot of, uh, the top uh, most, most bridges <laughs> do something like that or it's some kind of authoritarian validator set. Thorchain's permissionless. You just have to stake enough rune in order to churn in. Um, or you can just churn in as a validator, but there's no guarantee that they're actually putting up more than they could, than they could steal. Uh, in some kind of an attack scenario where they, where you're trying to make out with everything, uh, because you know when you're dealing with native assets, that's that's a tough thing. Is if those assets get stolen, uh, like if you have the ability to sign out those assets uh, and somehow y- you can just sell them on you know another marketplace on another on a Dex on you know on Coinbase or or whatever. There's um you need to be able to control the exogenous assets and then make it so the stake goes to zero if. Well, the assets are, are actually stolen. So it's just a, a pretty cool um, kind of architecture for the network to, to be able to say, because uh, you can't secure it with smart contracts, right? So you need you kind of need this economic guarantee that um, they, they, they can't be stolen in a profitable way. Not that they couldn't be stolen if you just ran all the, if you didn't care about, pro- if you just wanted to watch the world burn that is certainly possible, but no rational economic actor would, you know, burn 150 million dollars to steal uh 75.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean that this sort of potentially has the same, and I'm not saying this is, you know, unique to Thorchain in any regard, but it, I mean, I can have the same problem that any sort of proof of stake or even proof of work system has, which is that you're creating an economic system within your chain. So if somebody could put a short on rune outside of Thorchain and then engineer a collapse within the Thorchain ecosystem. Potentially they could earn more from that outside short than from the damage done inside of the network. But that's true on any network. And all you're doing is trying to really raise the cost and the you know the uh, yeah the economic like disincentive not to do that as high as possible, which it sounds yep. like is what the game plan is here.
1: Yeah, there's um, and and that reason particularly is something that we are like keenly aware of, and that's why it's very important that Rune's primary market is its own AMM because you can't just uh, you know synthesize Rune out of nothing. It's it's all on its own native blockchain. So if the primary network for 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 Rune liquidity is always on the chain itself, which it is today. And that's why we don't export Rune or like send it out via IBC or wrap it and you know put it on a we we like we don't do things like you know try and get centralized exchanges to list it uh, we, we don't we don't care or nor do we want that it's not actually it's not advantageous at all to the, the chain uh, for for Rune to be listed everywhere it really doesn't matter uh, it, the the best place the most productive place for it is in the network and you know you could you could you, yeah, you could probably short it on Binance but how much there's there's nowhere near as much liquidity on Binance as there is on Thorchain itself for the rune asset it's you know um, two orders of magnitude maybe maybe a little less than that but two orders of magnitude like the most liquid exchange for the asset so it's really important that the chain itself and the AMM is the most liquid place because otherwise you could potentially do some kind of attack like that where you know you short it on Uh, you you short on the centralized exchange that all the liquidity is on and then you steal all the assets and then you know then then you've made a huge then you've made a huge killing but if the primary market is always the the amm uh then it's would be incredibly difficult to engineer an an attack like that and if you are doing that you're with some kyc entity on some centralized exchange anyway like there's there, there would certainly be no way to get away with something like that without People know uh, I don't
0: know. Really I don't think <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but <laughs> get away with that. <laughs> but uh, we've seen a we've seen a lot of people get away with a, a lot of shit. But this is a this is I do like. This is does seem like a very clever system. So the real question then is, what's the issuance policy of the rune, and especially historically, where did it all come from? Right, because for something you know, it's like any a lot of these networks get started with a huge stack in the hands of. Some foundation or whoever who were then basically calling the shots from there on out. What how did Thorchain do its initial distribution and ongoing issuance?
1: Yeah, sure. So I I wasn't around at the very very beginning, obviously, like I said before. So, um, but what I what I do know is so there, there's 500 million tokens. I there were some that were sold to the uh, to some seeded investors that were needed for like r&d i think the initial raise was something like two and a half million um I'm, I'm not exactly sure how many tokens there are as of today everything is completely unlocked like i, th- I think the team took the the original team took probably around eight percent of the the tokens and something like that um it, it it's fairly small compared to a lot of other networks and um Honestly, like I'm I'm not too, it's been so many years since then. I believe the original distribution was in 2018, uh, that it's been quite a, quite a bit of time since then. Things have distributed fairly well from, from what I've like just, just seen looking on chain, uh, now now that we moved to like our own blockchain, originally it was just a distribution on Binance. I think there was an ICO on, on Binance, um, in 2018, maybe mid, mid 2018, um, and then there's a there, there's a treasury that was funded using selling some s- selling tokens, uh, and let's see, I, I, that's that's probably about it for the ori- original distribution. I believe all, all, most of the seed investors are exited. Everything is unlocked at this point. Uh, it's all free floating, and there's not there's nothing that gets minted. Uh, like th- there isn't an unlimited supply of the asset. There's a hard cap at 500 million tokens. So uh, everything that will exist. Does exist today? Uh, There's a a reserve which that's it's it's a module on Thorchain, so it's an address controlled by the network itself that uh, distributes block rewards to validators and to LPs. So uh, every every block it gives uh, you know basically a little bit of rune to the validators and a little bit to the LPs. Um, So the the monetary policy is essentially everything is unlocked at this at this point. Um, Like anyone anyone that had any kind of early distribution has been free to sell it for probably about six months now, at least. Um, and a lot of seed investors have, you know, have gone and gone and left on to, on to do other things and other people have stepped in, in their place. So, um, I mean, I think it, it's pretty good to see that there's no, there's no more like unlocks or, or anything coming from, uh, anyone that was pretty early to this thing. I certainly was not myself. Uh, I only joined the team in, uh, you know, early 2022 so yeah, yeah that's okay. that story is small, as far as i know it
0: yeah yeah well i you know I, I i don't mind i don't have a big you know dog in the fight here but i just think it's it's interesting because i know for sure that a lot of my listeners well, they will they would instantly be very paranoid about any new token or any you know obviously bch community very purist like the original Satoshi fair, you know, mind to everyone in the world, blah, blah, blah. Right. So and that's fine. You know, it's completely legitimate for a project to do things uh a different way. And it sounds like there's been more thought into that on Thorchain Chain than your typical uh you know <laughs> ITO pump and dump. Yeah. So that yeah, is, that's that's kind is of what I
1: appreciated as someone that got into the community. Um just like yeah, they're being like, like personally, I would not recommend people to just go buy Rune to speculate on it. Like if you're if you want to, the two reasons why you'd want Rune is to either be a liquidity provider or to be a node operator. And those are, you know, two, two different, you know, types of people who have different risk profiles and things like that. There, Like, there isn't much use just buying and holding Rune. There, there is there is use, you know, either staking it as a as a node operator, you can contribute to a bond and that's obviously like what nine realms business uh, so what part of what nine realms business is is just you know running running validator nodes or there's um obviously just providing liquidity on the chain but there's no real actual value that you do that that you give by just buying the token and holding onto it and selling it at a later at a, at a, at a later price you know or just just speculating on it so that that's why like like it, it doesn't you don't really need to convince people to buy buy the asset because the the network it, it, it needs the asset to function because it—that's it, what is gives it its whole security mechanism. But at the same time, you don't actually need the, you don't need to hold rune to interact with the, the network. Like all, all you need is to be able to send a swap on an external network. You don't—you don't ever need to touch rune. No need to do anything with it. Only thing oh. I would—if you have rune, you either stake it in a, in a node or you provide liquidity, and that's really
0: the only two uses for it. Right yeah but obviously there is always going to be demand as people are trying to pass through from from one to the other it will and that's why it automatically it pairs everything against rune right so there's no like direct BTC to BCH swap yep. for instance it has to go through the two hops of rune on each on each side so then you're generating demand for those tokens and creating the the value that then secures the network right
1: Yep. It, yeah, exactly. But it, 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 doesn't help to, you know, if you're just a speculator, like I, I wouldn't say to just go, go and buy it. Like if you're going to, if you want Rune, either be an LP or, you know, bond to a node, because that's where the value really accumulates to not said people who just, you know, buy and hold and try and try and sell for, for another price, uh, later. Cause you know, there there really isn't much value to that. You're just, you're just, you know, a, a scalper or something like that, you know, and that, that, that's how I look at it, at least. Like, if you want to, if you want to contribute value to the network, then you provide liquidity or you help secure the network in in that way.
0: Yes, and when you said that, uh, so the there's the sort of reserve that is paying out the yep. block rewards up until five hundred million rune. How many are issued now, and how many are left to go? And also, I assume that the transaction fees. That are generated by the network. They must then presumably feed back into that reserve to make this a self-sustaining system, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the reserve is it does. So it's not profit-seeking. It definitely um, is uh, like an altruistic type thing. Um, and but it does have profit centers. So like, yeah. When when it, when you do a transaction, a fee is paid to the reserve. Uh, like a small one, maybe maybe like a dollar or two. Um, for each swap, so there, there's an income source and there's also uh, just expenses that the reserve has. So looking right now, the the reserve is about 140 million rune in the reserve right now. Uh, there's 85 million that's currently deployed, 60 million on standby, and it emits it on a, a similar curve to the uh, like the original uh, like Bitcoin. Um, and, you yeah. know, having mechanism, and but without, with, with, yeah, 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 it's just yeah, on a smooth on a smooth curve, essentially decreasing every block, like every bucket it its like you know point, or maybe like one or two rune nine, or something nine, like nine. that. It's just well, a yeah, and it slowly yeah. gets smaller and smaller, and um, trying to see exactly how much it sends out each day. Um, but, I, but there is one interesting a- aspect to this, um, which kind of goes in line with the rewards and the economic security thing. Uh, a- as I look this up, uh, so one interesting thing about the rewards distribution of, of Thorchain is it's called the incentive pendulum, which is one of one of the cool things that kind of impressed me about the network. Uh, so the reserve and all of the fees from every swap it gets distributed to. The, the the liquidity liquidity providers and the nodes right like there's there's two parties but what split does it send from one to the other really depends on the ratio of liquidity and security so um, like I said before like the the network always maintains this economic security as it needs more security it sends more of those rewards to the to the nodes to give them more room. and then if the network becomes way over secured like there's way more rune that's being staked than is needed to secure what's in the network. It sends more of those rewards to liquidity providers, so it's always trying to send the the proper amount of of rune uh, in order to incentivize the right the right party on the network in order to create uh, a good balance. So the balance is I, I think like two to one, where you want twice as much rune staked as it secures in external value from from the network. So that's kind of like um, you know the the, the Sort of the function of the reserve and that was given me enough time to look up I've, I think it's around 35,000 rune a day it, it sends out between the LPS and the nodes
0: right okay so if the reserve runs out if the transaction fees aren't enough to replenish you know the reserve at that at that rate then I guess what the reward just drops to whatever the transaction feeds can sustain.
1: Yeah, essentially. So the, the right, like for the past, you know, two three years, the reserve has been slowly trickling down. So it, uh, like the, let's see, like a year ago, January 2022, the it was giving out 43 thousand rune per day, essentially between all the different parties. Now it's down to 33 thousand, and it, it's going to slowly asymptote to in, in, until it gets to the point where the income is equal to the expenses. Yeah. So. Um, it'll it'll continually go down until it eventually reaches that
0: point where you know things just kind of balance out naturally. Yeah, yeah. No, this it does seem like a very clever and well thought out system because when you were saying about balancing the security, you know, the LPs versus the the validators and making sure they get the right amount of capital, the obvious question to me was, well, where are you going to get a price feed? Because you can only calculate the value of the security. If you if you have a price feed, but the price feed is kind of built in because you already know yep. the ratio for each of the assets that the rune is uh, in the liquidity pools with, so you already have an inbuilt price oracle for your rune token against each of those other assets by default. So it actually ties together quite nicely without needing a, an external input in that way. It's it's clever, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, That's one of the cool things. You don't need an oracle. It's just the ratios between everything. So you know exactly how much security there is in relation to the external network the external assets. So you can say, we know we have twice as much Rune as there is worth of Bitcoin on this network without ever having to know the actual price of Bitcoin in dollar terms. You can just know the, the different ratios yeah. between the assets and just yeah. derive everything.
0: Yeah, Yeah, very, very clever. And recently the Rune price has been Skyrocketing. I mean, you were saying don't speculate on this, but uh, it seems like either people have been and/or the network has been getting a ton of traction recently. What's this? What's the story there? What's going on?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of traction recently. I mean, there definitely is speculators for sure. Um, I wouldn't recommend speculating on on any of this stuff, but um, there definitely is. But there's been a lot of adoption coming recently, mostly because of one feature that was released called streaming swaps, which you kind of alluded to earlier, where um, essentially what the network can do is split up a big swap for you into multiple smaller ones. To get less slippage. So in, uh, so essentially you can fill liquidity demands over like an hour or, you know, a couple of minutes rather than in one instant. So if you're, if you're doing like a million dollar swap, uh, you know, in a, in a five million dollar pool on Uniswap uh, or, or some other AMM, you know, you're just going to get screwed. Like you, you're going to get absolutely eaten alive. You're going to get barely anything out of that trade, uh, just because of slippage. You're just going to get like, it's not going to be good, but because door chain, uh, kind of is on another axis. It, it, it runs on its own block time. So it exists intra Ethereum block, intra Bitcoin block. So essentially what it can do is break your big trade up into you know a hundred smaller trades and say, let's put a little bit through right now. And then you know ARBs can come in and rebalance the prices. And then it does you know, another little bit in another block and then another little bit in another block. And then by the time your, your trade is filled, it just broke up your, your trade a hundred times. It batches that all together in one outbound and sends it to you. So th- that was a lot of, a lot of what people didn't like about door chain because the, the prices um, in terms of like how much you pay on liquidity fees were really high because um, just another way of securing the network and making sure people don't try and price manipulate because we don't use an Oracle. So by being able to break up your trade across the time dimension, um, it just gives such a better experience. And now we actually have better pricing than centralized exchanges because we essentially aggregate liquidity from all of them. So we're giving better price execution a lot of the time. Not not all the time. But we're going to get there this cycle for sure. Um, just giving better price execution. But now you can actually make you know million dollar trades on Thorchain with virtually no execution and no, no um execution difference it goes yes. as low as five basis points um and it essentially just t-wops your your order over uh, over a time period and tries to get you as close to five basis points as possible and uh you know arbs can come in and rebalance and everyone's pretty happy now that you can make big trades it's uh, it's a lot easier for people to um you know kind of Take take the pill and, and swallow it a little bit, and and actually make trades on the network rather than just using a centralized exchange and saving a little bit of money. So when was this uh, streaming swaps released? I uh, I'm going to say August.
0: Okay, all right, because I'm I'm just having a because the to give the viewers some uh, context. So the price chart is in July. Uh, Rune was at ninety five cents. Then by uh, two months ago, by middle of October. It was at about a dollar fifty or a dollar sixty, and now it's up near six dollars. So it's essentially quadrupled in that in that two months, probably as a result, or at least, you know, partially influenced by the release of these streaming swaps in August. That 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 timeline that all checks out. Uh things take a little while to build hype. So yeah, I guess you must have been seeing huge growth in the community and the surrounding hype and excitement how's that been for the project and where do the the thought Chads right is the thought chainers the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the B caches and the thought chat where do the Thor Chads hang out what's the main spot
1: yeah um so th- there's a couple different venues um a lot of where the like the core dev community is is in the Thor chain developer Discord um it's a great place if you just want to be a fly on the wall um it's it's a pretty low low-noise, high-signal space where all the developers and people that um, actually build DoorChain go. Uh, it's where the, the node operators um, go to you know, see what's what's the latest. Um, and Nine Realms team is is all there. Um, so that, that's definitely the, the highest signal place to be. Um, and you, everyone's welcome to just come be a fly on the wall and see what's going on. It, you know, we, we all build in public. Obviously, DoorChain's fully open-source, all the nodes. Um, can talk in there. There's actually one interesting thing that just to bring up. Every node has this thing called make relay, where they can just do a command make relay, and it it sends an anonymous message into the developer Discord. So nodes can actually, um, you know, have conversations and talk fully publicly, uh, and but in in the Discord. So so nodes can actually post messages like, oh, I'm getting errors on on this, or um, you know, so people can communicate with nodes in in a way that is not like some kind of private like setting where people can like collude, but like, or, you know, do things behind the scenes, but like someplace where literally everyone can, you can just join this discord and and just see what, you know, see what they're saying. Um, and that's, it's pretty much where everyone in like the the, the community itself is. Um, and yeah, we have like tendrils kind of reaching all out because the chain itself is just, is just infrastructure. Uh, so it's not like, I mean, they, they, there are a lot of super nerds who are, um, you know, they call them Thorchads that are like really into the infrastructure uh, of of this whole thing. But really, the the end user of Thorchain is whoever uses the projects that uses Thorchain. So, like Trust Wallet as one of the big examples, um, they all, their their swap service is powered by by Thorchain. Uh, upcoming uh, Ledger users being um you know thor, thor chads of the future um using thor chains infrastructure so it's like the the, the user the thor chains goal is to be that kind of invisible back end infrastructure that you don't really need to know what it is you don't need to know how it works or anything like that uh, your the, whatever wallet or app you use just uses it in the back end and you can just make your trades for basically no slippage without ever having to make an account you just send the coins and it, it's just done so um, I'm, there, there are plenty of people that use it now without knowing it. And there's going to be way more people in the future that use it without knowing it. And so, but the main places on, on discord, Twitter, everyone hangs out on Twitter. So, uh, if you're on Twitter, definitely follow the, the Thor chain handle. Um, you know, there, there's, there's some noise, but you know, it's always, it, it's pretty informational, uh, informational thing. I do, I do Twitter spaces too with the, uh, with the Thor chain handle. So, uh, you know, people can come hang out in there and talk with some Thor chads and, ask questions, do, come hang out, do whatever. Th- th- uh, Twitter and Discord are the two best places.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. And what is the sort of project uh, governance, especially in light of how do you decide which chains to add, right? Because there's all obviously 20,000 different crypto coins. Not all of them are actually even separate networks, right? But you have to be monitoring in this model and the more chains you add the higher the burden on the node operators who are already it sounds like having to do a pretty titanic effort to maintain up to you know 10 or more different individual nodes running at any one time and like so how does the chain decide firstly what what to work on or what protocol upgrades to add and secondly which chains to add into this whole schema.
1: Yeah. So it's all done by the node operators. The, the node operators literally are the network. And that's something I probably didn't understand early enough. is just that, you know, the node, the nodes are the ones who process all the Thor chain blocks. They they read all of the external chain data. They're, they're the ones who you know, take on the monetary risk of rune. They need to make sure they're always securing more than, than what's on the, the network uh, externally. So the, the nodes are the end all be all of governance and uh we, we have a process called uh adrs which is architectural design record where nodes can you know submit um you know big architectural changes a lot of it's done by the, the nine realms team so by us because like, we're a major node operator on the network and we do core development for Thorchain as well so it, it's a Collaborative effort between Nine Realms, between some of the OGs who've been around since the beginning, people like like Chad Barford, um, and then there's some other community contributors who contribute code to the protocol. So um, uh, the Nine Realms team is a major contributor to that, but definitely not the uh, nowhere near the only one that has uh, some kind of say. There's plenty of node operators out there that have their own opinions about what should be added, what shouldn't. We're just pretty active and. And and vocal in, in the space and uh, you know kind of we what we do is we enact the the will of the of the node operators. So there's a, a protocol within Thorchain called Mamir which is another one of those like Norse uh, names. Mamir I, I think Mamir was like some um, uh, some messenger of Odin or, or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's essentially this protocol in Thorchain where you can change constants and you can say. I vote for this constant to be this value. Um, and we, we use that for votes too. So um, if there's, you know, someone will post something in the Discord and then there's there be some kind of vote on it where the node operators, one, one node equals one vote. So, um, you know, if you get over a certain majority, over, you know, 66%, then whatever change you're trying to do is instantly... Uh, instantly done if it's in the code already and if not you can do symbolic votes too where you just do it with a mirror it doesn't actually correspond to anything in the protocol and then us the nine realms team or the the core team or whoever else will build that feature and then um put it in so new new chains have been kind of like a contentious topic because so many people have different opinions and obviously it all comes down to the nodes and what the nodes want to do like Here's, here's a recent example. We recently added Binance Smart Chain after a long time. We had a vote on it. This was like, oh my god, this this vote was like a kind of a shit show. I uh, do to, to be honest, because we, we we put out like a call in the community Discord. We were like, all right, like in two weeks, whoever has the most votes, uh, you know, will be the next chain that the Nine Rooms team builds uh, for your connection, and then. You know, communities started coming in and bombarding with like, oh, yeah, we want this chain because of this reason. We want this chain because of this reason. And it, it just added so much noise to the to the equation. But at the end of the day, it's the nodes. It's just to have the ability to add a chain or don't add a chain. Like No one else can really affect a decision other than whether they run that code or whether they don't run that code. So we ended up on Binance Smart Chain. We finally got Binance Smart Chain back in September, I want to say. And now the nodes are thinking about removing Binance Smart Chain uh it's just the, 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 <laughs> the binance
0: uh, smart chain community probably not too thrilled about that right <laughs> probably
1: not but uh, i mean yeah the binance binance smart chain is a piece of work for sure it is um not really up to the standards of the thorchain node operators just in terms of like its quality yeah, and it, it's extremely it's it's caused other other problems within thorchain itself because let's say one chain is paused, like like we we had to pause trading for Bitcoin Cash because the nodes can't keep in sync because of problems on the on the Binance Smart Chain network. Like the the Binance Smart Chain is man, it's some fork of each for sure. So um, yeah, some nodes are calling to just remove it from the they're calling to the Ragnarok it from the chain completely and just say like we're we're done with this like. So we're we're we have yet to see whether we're going to remove BSC or not, but it does seem like that's ever been removed. Uh no, you might have heard of something called uh, Terra. Ah,
0: Luna. Yeah.
1: That's something we, we we removed in the past. That that right. caused a lot of other issues in the past as well. That that was the unanimous decision to remove that chain, uh, obviously. Um and actually Pre- post-rogue. post yeah, Post um, yeah, that, that was imploded. Yeah. Post- Collapse, but um, so what actually happened was because the chain itself was being DDoSed Essentially, the nodes couldn't keep up with the tip of the the, the Terra. Um, so, you or, know, in order for chains to run properly, they need to know what's going on at the instant of the of the tip of that network of what's happening on that block. So, because the 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 nodes were running so far behind, and this is literally a problem with the chain itself, and this is something that like most other people don't really have to think about. Um, is just like, if you're not up to date, you you can't keep trading on that network in a safe way. Cause you could just you could send people out funds and not know that you sent people out funds and you can cause a lot of problems with with Thorchain and you could, you know, lose LPs a lot of money. So the chain itself will automatically pause trading for that chain if it gets out of sync and it just can't agree upon what block it's on, where the transactions are. So I think we paused or the chain itself paused luna trading probably around like 30 bucks or something like that so we actually saved lps a lot of money by by the chain itself not even being able to keep up with the with the ragnarok of <laughs> of Terra luna is you know we we actually were able to help make sure that lps just didn't lose every cent that they had just you know by dumping trillions of of luna into the into the pools we were able to just process withdrawals at that pr- at that price and then give people back some Rune rather than just giving them back nothing essentially so it's not the first time we've had to, had a chain removed but it is it would be the first time we we would remove a chain if this happens it, we no one's voted on this yet but I've heard some right. uh you know like our our node operators and, and nine roms we uh, are against big, uh, big, not Bitcoin cash against a Binance smart chain at this point, just because it's just such a you know terrible chain to, to
0: operate. Well, see, this is, yeah, this is where, you know, I again, I also kind of quite like this element to the system, right? Where, so the Bitcoin Cash network benefits by being part of ThorChain, not only because it's obviously available for Bitcoin Cash users, but because you guys will run, all your node validators will run a Bitcoin Cash node thus strengthening our own network right so yep. Yep. that's a that's a huge win for us but the not the price but the maybe the sort of barrier to entry is that our network has to be running smoothly like i imagine that obviously what the node operators they might have their own criteria but i imagine what they're looking for firstly is a chain that's going to have volume or an active user base secondly a chain that they want to use i imagine you know, they have their own opinions on crypto. And if they like a certain one, they're more likely to want to add it. And then thirdly, not to be a pain, like you're saying, if your own network is not, you know, holding up is, I don't know, making stupid up updates or becoming unmanageable or untenable in some way, then that will reflect in the node operators being more likely to either not want to add you or kick you off. So it's kind of encouraging on both sides the 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 what do you call them? The not the host the networks that you're hosting essentially are the ones that are making your life easy and also being valuable providing value in terms of a lot of people want to swap with them and then on the other hand that also symbiotically benefits the networks themselves that's that's a really cool element to this
1: yeah i didn't think about it that way but no, 100% and yeah, if, if you're hard forking all the time and doing last minute updates and, you know, last minute, especially last minute hard forks and stuff like that, like all the time, like Bitcoin caches and having unstable, uh, <laughs> unstable infrastructure, then it's, it's likely that we can't run your, like, we, we can't safely run your, your chain, right? Like a centralized exchange, they have the ability to do that because they can, they, they, they make the rules, right? They, they can say, oh, yeah. You can just, um, you know, they they can pause, they can pause trading, you know, whenever they want. They can they, they can they can change the rules to make it so that they they're always going to come out on top and and win uh, and be able to provide a, a good service. But Doorchain really needs to rely on the node data that is being sourced. So if your if your node data is terrible and it's unstable and we can't run it, then it, it can't be you know we can't use it the chain and it it causes other problems so like if bitcoin cash is halted we can't um we can't add new validators onto the network so like like we can't um send all of our funds to to new addresses and and churn the network which we we normally do every three days i think it's been paused for um you know a a week or or two at least um just because of bitcoin uh, because of the bnb smart chain instability so it causes structural problems right. to our network that we need to, you know, make sure that um, the chains that we're running are like actually actually worth it. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what's what's going on there. As for like next chains, um, you know, I don't know, there's a lot of there's a lot of discussion. We're we're definitely thinking about um, Solana, I think, which is causes its own issues uh, with just how heavy that chain is for, for nodes. Um, it might double the cost of running a Thor node, So we, we might have some creative solutions around that or running their upcoming light client or, or something. But yeah, there, there's going to be some discussion, I'm sure, about adding, adding new chains. And, and really what we're looking for is just like something that people are going to use and something that it makes economic sense for the, the node operators to run. Like the, those are really the two main things that they want to see. They, they want to make a lot of money. So they, they want as much volume as possible. So the chains that are going to generate the most um, trade volume, like that's that's what's going to be uh, added. And if it's if it's terrible, and if it costs too much, and if the node sucks, then it's going to get kicked
0: out. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah, BCH is is kind of never down because it is a properly decentralized uh, project, and also the you know the node teams take it very seriously. We don't just do one regularly timed upgrade a year, so I think we're probably doing okay. On that, uh, on both of those, uh, fronts. But yes, yeah, certainly the more that we can grow our own community, which we're trying to do anyway, right? But as an incidental benefit, that would be nice is that then there'll be more volume generated uh, through this and, and so forth. So that sounds really good. Is there no support or is there any thought about supporting assets on top of networks? Like does ThorChain have? uh usdt does it have erc20s or might it have uh cash tokens which is what the bch community has now is there anything involved in that or is it just the base layer assets or the native assets
1: yeah so for the i guess so um there's, there's kind of three different types of networks that are on Thorchain evm networks they do have tokens that are like we, we do have erc20 tokens for uh for smart chain for Ethereum and for Avalanche, so yeah, you you can for, you, you can just add a pool for any um, any ERC twenty token on Thorchain. Uh, it, it needs to be whitelisted in ThorNode, so You need to you know put in a, a PR if you want to um, get like uh, your token whitelisted. But um, you, you can essentially just add whatever ERC twenty token into it and make a Thorchain pool out of it. Um, I you would definitely need to add some extra architecture on top of. The UTXO chains in order for it, that to be supported, but I don't see why it wouldn't be possible. It would just someone would just need to create that and, and make that a thing, just be able to process the, the the blockchain data and and to just know whether it has that token or not. But um, like I, I know, like the Nine Worlds team, like we've been talking about, um, you know, moving more away from the long tail assets besides stable coins um, and just moving more. Th- more towards the short tail and, you know, just, just supporting the the layer one asset and kind of just leaving the, the tokens to, um, like to other DEXs in the space. Um, and kind of the reason for that is because, you know, obviously there's DEXs that exist on most, most chains with, with smart contracts. Well, there's, there's tons of DEXs out there and they're always going to be the ones that have the, the most liquidity most likely for, um, for those assets. and because we have we have to we have to source our own security those other blockchains they can just rely on the chain's security to secure the assets but we actually have to bring our own security so if we just start securing you know so many of these random tokens we're actually eating up our own security space just kind of offering something that other DEXs can offer for essentially no there's no cost for them to offer millions of of tokens that just, you know it has trade volume or not it really doesn't matter to them but for us, it really needs to add some some kind of value. So stablecoins do uh, because obviously there's lots of trade activity that's associated with those, and we um, there's some other reasons too, which we can we can get into, like our own uh, stablecoin slash stablecoin oracle that that Thorchain has under the hood. Uh, but okay. yeah, we're we're kind of moving to focus more just on the the short tail and. Get to the long tail assets through something that we have called dex aggregation, where Thorchain can essentially sign a transaction out of Thorchain into another dex or in from another dex and make a make a swap. Um, So that's kind of the more of the direction we've been going towards, rather than just saying, "Oh yeah, we'll just do everything on our chain. We're totally fine." Just saying, like, "Hey, we're here for the most economically significant aspects of it, and then tokens, you know, those someone else can do those where they don't have to worry." about security
0: yeah okay no that makes that makes a lot of sense and like you say you can daisy chain the base asset maybe with another deck so we'll i'm just we'll see how this all uh, plays out right but the bch community is just very excited because in the last six months this uh, you know cash tokens upgrade and people are now starting to build you know dexes and amms and you know issue nfts and all that sort of stuff on on bch so it's caused a lot of Uh, focus and excitement in the community and it sounds like as time goes on maybe there could be those kind of integrations as well too whether it was just that thor chain would then uh interact with the bch you know decks itself that then you could swap like through any token straight out onto btc onto eth or vice versa like there's tons of possibilities there but it would just be about where in the exact architecture it sits and that's not necessarily intended to be on the the thorn chain like main chain itself that that makes a lot of sense to me now um part of the reason i have you on the show as well too is uh joel valenzuela i don't know if you're familiar with him I imagine you probably are. He loves ThorChain and he has been shilling it for the longest time to me and to the BCH community and that we should look into it and take it seriously and so forth. He made this tweet saying, on most days, the Bitcoin cash pool on ThorChain generates more in fees than the actual Bitcoin cash network itself, which is true The BCH network currently does about 350 US dollars a day in fees and the thorchain bch pool does between 250 and up to 1500 dollars in fees per day which is pretty incredible uh, i guess this is just a result of the huge growth in transactions right that's what uh, contributes to the the network fees right there's no other source other than people paying to transact do you have to pay to uh enter an lp
1: no so you don't pay to enter an L- not a regular lp position so there's two different types of lps there's swap there's a dual lp which is rune and bitcoin cash and there's savers yeah. you do pay to enter a savers position because the, and but the reason you pay is because there's sort of a swap on the back end um so right. technically yes everything is because of swaps um I, I, they, you know, all the fees that are generated at the network are because of swaps. And a lot of that, I mean, there's either two things. That's either users making swaps. And that's, you know, just someone saying, I have this coin, uh, you know, I have Bitcoin cash. I, you know, I want to stable up. I'll go to Tether on, on Ethereum. And they do that. Um, or it's arbitragers. So if there's like days with really big, you know, price action and movements and a lot of volatility, which are the best days on ThorChain to be an LP for a hundred thousand percent. Um, yes. <laughs> the the, the great, great days for lps because they're just raking in fees the entire time because arbitragers are constantly coming in of uh, you know buying selling and that, that's probably where you see days like yeah where it get, you get 15 where the lps make fifteen thousand dollars, uh you know collectively in a, in a day just just through uh trading fees bigger the bigger the trade the more more fees you get and um more volume just means more fees so those days are very very highly welcomed by us
0: yeah, yeah, the well, I mean, crypto is never short of volatility. So that seems like a smart, <laughs> uh, smart, smart business strategy to me. Uh, so, I had a quick look at these saver vaults just to give the listeners some idea. So, currently, uh, according to the stats that I found on the uh, website, seven thousand three hundred BCH roughly currently locked, and about a seven percent APR on BCH, which is kind of high. So. I guess people are keen for more BCH liquidity for for people that want to go and uh, look into that. That might be one thing you can do. Obviously, as always, uh, not your keys, not your coins, and just you know, don't put your whole stack <laughs> into Thorchain. But do a bit of reading. Yep. Uh, make sure you know what you're getting yourself into, and maybe you know, put a, a small amount in there and start earning some yield. Seems fairly reasonable uh, as compared to many other sort of you know block fi centralized type of yield schemes this sounds like there's actually a lot lot less chance you're going to have uh problems obviously not none i don't want to say that and then get this clipped out of context but uh you know it's it strikes me as more solid than than most of the things and everyone in crypto is always chasing yield i guess um Right. I also yep, wanted to ask you about your
1: whole stack in. <laughs> don't, don't do anything <laughs> stupid. Um, you know, obviously if, if Thorchain loses if some ThorChain somehow gets gets hacked and loses all of its Bitcoin cash, it just signs all of it out and loses it, then you don't have anything left. So like obviously, like this is this is DeFi, like it's all PvP, but um, um you know <laughs> uh and also I think it's around five percent right now for for Bitcoin Cash, but um yeah. I mean, it's the savers is a pretty cool, innovative thing that we do on Thorchain, chain and um, yeah, it's single side liquidity. So it's backed by the dual LPs. So the dual LPs, they make more yield in return for backing the savers principal position of mm-hmm. just being denominated in, in BCH. So th- there's two ways to provide Bitcoin cash liquidity on Thorchain. If you're long rune, then uh, you, you should be a dual LP. Uh, if you want some, some uh, extra yield there, or uh, if you just want to be long VCH, then you can also do that on Thorchain and earn uh, earn a couple percent at least. But obviously, um, you know, manage your own risk. Don't do anything. Don't do anything stupid. And yeah, I mean, it, it literally could uh, all fall apart. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I would I would definitely um, you know do your do your own research before um, you know entering any kind of uh, any any kind of DeFi position. Really, um, you want to know what you are doing. At the very least, all DoorChain is completely open source, transparent, and, uh, you know, we, we everyone tries to make collective decisions to make sure that, um, you know, n- n- at the very least, your funds can't be mismanaged uh, or, you know, misappropriated or, you know, done something shady behind the scenes. It's all out in the open. You can see where all, all the coins are stored uh, in the addresses and the nodes that secure them. So, yeah, Savers is a pretty damn cool thing. And uh, hopefully, we'll we'll see that kind of replace the, you know, the black box centralized, um, you know, yield centers where they just loan out your coins. At least with this, you're you're providing liquidity towards it, towards the dex. So, yeah, pretty yeah, cool nice. innovation. Yeah. But it, it's still still a very new thing. It's only a, a, a year old at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah, it sounds sounds awesome. I again, I was playing around with it. I don't have any coins in there yet, but. I was I was looking into it, and I might have to have to give it a go, if only for my own education. Now I have to ask you about there's this incident in March, which again it kind of put me off Thorchain because this was like the main thing I knew about it. And even though it was probably actually a relatively small thing, it's funny how just especially in a decentralized communities, you know, one small issue or problem just becomes kind of a bit known on social media, and then it really creates a strong. Impression that BCH community has been on the wrong end of that many many times, but basically there was some kind of incident with Thorchain where there was an exploit which you then posted about on Twitter saying it was due to an exploit on BCH and LTC themselves, not Thorchain. We halted to protect LP funds from an exploit before it was patched, but then uh, you know the BCH devs looked into it and found that it wasn't uh an issue on the on the BCH side and then I wasn't really clear how that was all resolved or what was sort of the end goal of it but it kind of came off that like the BCH community is very particular very picky about being sort of like accused of missing bugs or or things like that especially when it turned out that it wasn't actually the case can you comment on this what what happened here yeah, yeah. So
1: I, I don't 100 percent remember exactly the, the all, all of these incidents, right? And I, I know I did tweet that, and I did, and I, I remember getting getting a lot of shit from people, which I probably deserve, To be fair, because uh, you know I'm not a like I, I'm somewhat technical. I'm not a, I'm not a dev or anything like that. So I'm, I'm also um, you know trying to parse what other people say and then communicate it in some kind of fashion that other people can understand that are Kind of like like ourselves, uh, just just to know what is going on. And I believe this was an issue. It, it was not a issue with Bitcoin Cash itself. It was an issue with the way that Dorchain essentially interprets things on on Bitcoin Credit, on Bitcoin Cash, and on Litecoin. It, it was an issue with the uh, with the UTXO bifrost. So for some reason, it didn't affect Bitcoin. I do not know why. Nor I, I don't think I would understand these things. Um, but. Um, it, it was some kind of issue with the UTXO chains on on Thorchain, and the, just you know, I it, it may have it may have been some kind of vulnerability that you know would allow you know something something else to happen that would that could cause a loss of funds. Um, and these things are very technically complex, and I definitely don't pretend to understand them. It's just my job to interpret what other people say. And communicate them. So I don't always do a hundred percent amazing job of that. So my apologies if I caused any fun to anyone unnecessarily. Uh, sorry about. It. Yeah, I mean it kind of boils back to the problem of just like we we rely on on the chains that we um, uh, that we source data from to have accurate information. And it's like if there is some kind of problem with our implementation or the chain itself, then that's uh, a a vulnerability that could affect the lps so like obviously um like in, in light of some kind of issue coming up which um you know th- these issues happen from time to time they're definitely not uncommon and uh yeah they they come up on centralized exchanges all the time you just don't ever see or hear about it because there's no reason for anyone to share that type of information so uh yeah, likely just some some kind of like UTXO weird like you know edge case thing where you know Thorchain thinks that something happened but it didn't actually happen or vice versa or you know some kind of combination of that. Um I, I couldn't find the like the the postmortem or anything about that to give you like the here's for sure what happened in this scenario type thing. But um yeah, I mean some 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 kind of combination of those of those factors. I'll play into that and just my own poor communication skills, which uh you know <laughs> it happens from time to time. Uh we have to pause chains. Um, and the, the node operators have the ability to pause chains on door chain um to, to protect the network. So that's essentially the uh my interpretation of what happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh like I honestly think that's that's fine. You know, I think if it was just an honest mistake, it would, you know, that's that's just how it happens. And like you say, there's gonna be uh technical issues and and so forth and obviously from the bch side we want to try and be as you know forthcoming and uh in communication as much as we can to help you guys out with your project because obviously you're choosing to run bch we need to help with that as much as possible but yeah i think that was really kind of just the issue is especially in the case where uh you know, there's no core team on the BCH side, and there also isn't. It sounds like on the well, on the thought Chain side. You know, if things are yeah, somewhat exactly. distributed, then there's a people, lot of people yes. involved. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, things the, can the easily. Is, just,
1: yeah, you, you know how difficult communication is between parties when there's no one person that's responsible for yeah. for something. It, it, it becomes a communication is one of the most difficult things in that situation because there isn't just like here is the you know the guy that does this and here's the guy that does that. It's like there's a you know there's the Nine Realms team who are like you know we'll step up for any kind of security incident. There's, you know, the OGs who have been around. We have a door chain security team. They all come together. I listen in just just so I kind of know what's going on. And then I try and communicate it and I'm you know not 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 always not always uh you know hundred percent on the, on the ball with security thing, especially because normally security things are very, um, you know, yes. technically in, in the weeds yeah. and, you know, you can't, you can't share yeah. too much. Yeah, touchy about you, it. you don't exactly. want to share too yeah. little. Yeah. And people always come on to us and say like, Oh, why is this chain pause on Thorchain?" I thought this is a decentralized system, uh, you know, type of type of thing. Uh, you know, they, they, they don't realize the complexities of, of actually running, uh, yeah, a, a truly decentralized I- exchange like like this that runs multiple chains, they just know that you know, you know Uniswap is always up all the time, so that that means it's decentralized. Therefore, <laughs> you know Thorchain is, is is centralized because we have to pause
0: uh, chains from time to time. You know. Yes. Okay, we've had a question in the chat from BCH Geek says, "I like Thorchain. saw th- saw rumblings of some nodes wanting to remove BCH." in the far past due to low usage. What's the overall feeling of that in the ThorChain community today was going to look at building BCH to ThorChain, but not worth it if uncertain future.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I haven't heard anything about that recently. I know people have said that in the past, but I don't see the reason why you do that. So I, I think the reason to remove a chain is that it's really, you know, it's really poor infrastructure and, you know, Bitcoin Cash is fine with that. There's really no no issues with the chain itself, which is good. And then the other one being that it's really expensive. So, like, you could definitely... That's a, he- a big argument for a big, for uh, BNB Smart Chain, too, or it's something like, uh, you know, Avalanche or Cosmos Hub, something that's expensive to run, as in, like, you know, Bitcoin Cash costs nothing to, to run a node on. Like, it, it it's basically just... It, it, there's no extra infrastructure cost that's involved. If it was really expensive, then... I, I, it, it might be on the it probably be on the chopping block with how much you know volume is actually done with it. But being that it's so cheap, I mean, I see no reason why you'd want to remove it, especially it being like a really unique offering that really only Thorchain. I mean, o- only Thorchain does Bitcoin Cash, as far as I know, in in the Dex space, um, especially cross chain Dexes. No one does it, so nice. I I wouldn't see the argument on why you'd want to remove it, and I would definitely fight to keep it um, to keep it on. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see yeah. a reason why Noi- why nodes would want to get rid of it. Uh, if it was really expensive, say it costs, you know, 500 bucks a month, a thousand bucks a month to run a Bitcoin cash node, then it, it, you know, nodes would probably be losing money running it. And then it would make sense for them to say like, you know, we should probably not run this, but it costs what, like probably like 10, like 10 bucks a month to, to run Bitcoin cash. Like it, it, it costs nothing in, in comparison to how much the actual, like, chain infrastructure costs. So like, I don't see the argument to get rid of it. Although, yeah, I, I did, I did see people like calling for that, but I don't, I don't think that was like a, I don't think it's going to get anywhere. Uh,
0: really. It wouldn't make sense to me personally. All right. That's, that's great to hear. Lean mean uh, node machines coming in, coming in good there. Yeah. Okay. But it doesn't mean about- they can't
1: vote to remove it,
0: you know, like they, yes, they, yes, they could. Yeah. They
1: could totally just decide to remove it. So, but I mean, I definitely think there would be a lot of opposition against it. I would, I would oppose that. Like, you know, it's it's up it's up to them. But at the same time, like, you know, people do have a voice to influence that. And you know, money money speaks the most. And it being cheap, that's that's great. <laughs> so you can go on. Yes.
0: Yeah. So the best. Yeah. Obviously, the best that we can do is just maintain a good reputation in crypto as much as we're able. Keep the nodes cheap to run, and obviously also generate as yep. much volume as as we can. Makes. Makes complete sense. Right. We do have to touch on at least one bit of uh, BCH community news. We've got BCH Guru have launched their private alpha. So this is an NFT project on BCH. It was very exciting because they started making announcements in May and they uh, had all this really cool artwork and stuff like a CryptoPunks uh, type of vibe. But with uh, these little BCH Guru characters. And they said that they were gonna build out a lot of this sort of cash tokens infrastructure and make a price prediction PvP game uh with this new upgrade to cash tokens. So the community was very excited to have this new project launch. Now, here we are fast forward seven months to December, and it looks like they're getting close that they're actually gonna ship this. So I had um some word behind the scenes on somebody who got a chance to play around with the uh, app and actually make a couple of uh, pvp price prediction trades they said that it all actually worked like they didn't hit any bugs that maybe there will be some kind of uh you know there'll be a lot of refinement needed uh, essentially, like with any alpha product, when you first launch it, there's tons of obvious things or user requests that you immediately get flooded with that you need to upgrade. But apparently, everything works. You can trade Furu, or which is their own token that they airdropped holders, or BCH. It was just on Chipnet, the testnet but it will be coming to mainnet presumably soon. And that they were generally impressed, and the screenshots look really good. So. As a result of that, I had to just uh, bring this up and give them a shout out. I don't know whether you know anything about the BCH Guru project, Familiar Cow, but whether you do or not, maybe you can just talk about, is ThorChain maybe going to do anything like that? Are they ever going to issue NFTs either on ThorChain or just as a part of the, the project somehow? And is there also being involved in pricing of all the different assets like we talked about before is there any thought about prediction markets or things like that which also might be the kind of direction that bch guru is going in
1: Hmm. now that's interesting um like i think the torche team we're we're pretty laser focused on just nailing the, the decentralized exchange and you know there isn't much appetite for adding much stuff beyond that. But, that definitely, you know, had a lot of cool ideas and stuff that you could build kind of on top. And yeah, the, the reaction is definitely just like, just perfect and hone tune the machine of, you know, of what this is and try and get it to, um, you know, as, as close to feature complete as possible. And then that's it. And then, and then it's just chains at that point. Um, so probably nothing like that, like, you know, prediction markets or nfts or anything like that um on on chain itself uh I, I i wouldn't think there'd there'd ever be anything like that um just perfecting perfecting the machine and just making it just as feature complete as possible and then we get to the, the the real goal of just ossification where you know we can just let the network kick back run be integrated everywhere into the back end we can keep working on integrations and uh trying to get to as close as, like, bug-free as as possible and just, like, you know, make sure that this thing is as secure as it possibly can be to, to help like, scale it up and, and to be this, uh, you know, $100 billion uh, asset AMM. And that's the goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, very, very cool. And that, that strategy uh, makes sense. We've just been watching this whole... BCH Guru thing very closely on, on this show because yes. like I said, it ties into all the cash tokens and all this new stuff and apparently this new uh, demo that uh, is in the works is also using, I think some of the cash RPC stuff which we haven't covered on this show before and we'll, we'll cover in detail at another time but it's essentially going to be like on Metamask, you know, when you're approving a transaction, it gives you that kind of page of gobbledygook like do you want to approve this token? And you kind of click yes and hope you don't get rugged. The BCH community have been uh, working very hard on making basically a way better version of that where instead of just kind of granting all permissions and hoping that nothing goes wrong, instead it gives you a very detailed breakdown of what it's accessing, this specific transaction, what inputs are going where and so forth so you can see exactly what's going on. It's part of this Uh, broader push for so-called native wallets that Emergent Reasons has been talking about a lot. And so I'm hoping that uh, over the next, you know, six or 12 months, we're going to see a a really big improvement in the BCH sort of smart contract uh, scene and everything. And that will probably, at some point, I would imagine also include, like, we'll have a template probably for ThorChain so that people wanting to do swaps in and out can just use you know a well-vetted trusted template and then they're not going to get scammed by somebody trying to do you know <laughs> fake <laughs> fraud fraud Thor chain or whatever right so that's that's just really cool exciting news and uh listeners to the show can just put a pin in that one and we'll we'll come back to it uh later because uh they'll you know I'll, I'll pick this up when there's more news on that front but got to keep everyone in the loop right got meme of the week this one is the grandma uh meme which i actually always makes me laugh it's the uh young lady sort of helping the grandmother i don't know up some steps or something like that and the grandmother is saying crypto is a threat and the young helper lady at the retirement home or whatever is saying sure grandma let's get you to bed and it's from a thread uh poking fun at Elizabeth Warren, who is obviously Senator Karen in the US, that is constantly trying to whinge and complain about uh crypto in general and has, you know, been pushing heavily on the regulations recently. There's just a very quick little 15-second clip here that Jet's gonna play for you all.
1: There's a new threat out there. It's crypto, and it is being used for terrorist financing. It is being used for drug trafficking. North Korea is using it to pay for about half of its nuclear weapons program. We can't allow that to continue.
0: Right. Well, when you see that clip, it's just, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren saying it's a new threat. It's crypto is the new threat. And North Korea is using it for terrorist financing and stuff. The FUD is just uh absolutely relentless i really wish you just piss off with all this but uh i mean we're really kind of at the stage it's funny how she gets riled up about crypto you know every couple months and then make goes for a week and complains about a lot and then gets busy with complaining about something else and then you know the crypto community just cracks on she's like a recurring character in the crypto story that's just always there to give us grief uh what do you make of general attempts to FUD crypto on the regulation front, because that's one area that ThorChain seems to actually be quite strong, right? Being a whole DEX and open source and so forth, you probably shouldn't be, be fairly clear of the, the regulators, right? Familiar Cal. what's the vibe on ThorChain and Elizabeth Warren?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think things have been going all right right now. Like, I, I think we've we passed the like the preliminary stages of like you know actually getting attention from any kind of authorities. Um, uh, I, I guess well, one of the things I, I should have mentioned earlier was back in October, uh, the FTX hacker was allegedly moving some funds through through Thorchain, and um, yeah, I mean that, that's one of those things that definitely catches the eye of uh, of people. That you don't really want to be on the on the wrong side of. So I, I, think like from that angle of things, um, like things have been going pretty good for ThorChain, obviously being one of the most, in the, one of the most precarious positions of the entire space and, and getting it from all angles too, because you get people on one end saying, oh, people are using ThorChain to launder, launder funds or something like that, when that's, that's not true because you can't actually, uh, conceal any kind of information it's, it's all public and not everything is completely on chain uh so you can't actually uh move funds in a way that conceals any kind of information um and then you, you, have, you can get them
0: you uh, can get them yeah, off the other people uh yeah Hang on, but then you but you can like switch it off btc onto bch bch has better privacy tools do some nice cash fusion and then you're like good to go so right but yeah i know i know i know what you're saying i know what you're saying uh yeah yeah uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah you exactly obviously like, you have people you've, hate you've that the, and people, people love who that. are like
1: yeah yeah you have, you have people on both sides that are just like oh you're you're have you're giving like complete privacy to these people and then allowing them to do this then you also have the people who are like Um, you know, this stuff is way too public. We need to make it more private. We need to add Monero like tomorrow. You know, we need to do all this stuff. So it's like, we definitely get it from both sides, which is, I think that's a good thing. Like when when you piss everyone off, that probably means you're doing like a fairly neutral job Mm -hmm. (laughs) in all this stuff. So uh, I I think we passed the first test at at least. Um, and uh, there's definitely some, uh, some, some areas to improve upon just for, um, you know, decentralization and keeping the network sensor resistant. Uh, one big thing is, so we talked about TSS a little bit before. Uh, one of the one of the interesting things that we do is uh, doorchain encrypts all of the those TSS key shares and puts them onto the chain. So we we actually publish encrypted key shares onto the chain itself. Um, so what that what that means essentially is that if every if, if some government agency were to call up every cloud service and sh- and immediately I predict that we'd be back up and trading. Right back as, you know, right back as we were within within a week. Um, I think we'd be right back up. Um, you know, but there'd obviously be some kind of interruption because, you know, there'd be an interruption of service with the nodes. But um, because all the key shares are backed up onto the chain itself, what all, all you'd have to do is just spin up another node on another provider run bare metal. There's plenty of bare metal, um, nodes out there and people writing guides to run bare metal th- Thor, nodes and things. Um, it'd be very easy to restore service to even, even if every single node were to be shut down tomorrow, um, they, w- they would be back up within no time because they need to, in order to restore, uh, their own stake and they, they need to you know, yeah. they're not just going to abandon their node. That's, that's millions of dollars just down, down the drain right there. So, um, obviously you need to get back online. I think we'd be back up within a week, even if every single Thornada were to be forcibly shut down and w- in one instant, which, um, I mean, 100%. maybe something like that, maybe someone could try that kind of attack in the future. I don't think it'd be very fruitful. I think we'd be right back up. And <laughs> I think there'd be a lot of people rallying behind us if, if, uh, something like that were to actually, um, uh, were to happen.
0: Yeah! Wow, that's amazing. Sounds good. Obviously, yeah, censorship uh, resistance and resilience to attack It's going to be more and more important because one way or another, as time goes on, vulnerable projects eventually they they get exploited. Whether it's the Terra Luna style economic weakness or speculative stuff, whether it's government attacks and regulation, whether it's hackers, like whatever it is, you've kind of got to be able to to handle it all to last in the the brutal free. Free market of crypto so yeah it's good good to hear the yep. Thorchain uh community taking that taking that seriously okay i got two quick little comment of the weeks there was two that were so good i had to put them in uh firstly we've got ninja dot who has ready for 2024 with a picture of their ipad here on which they have a bch guru nft a cash ninja nft some kind of a dogecoin type meme the bch price chart BCH price ticker, Bitcoin cash, white paper, Celine wallet, uh, BCH bull, Bitcoin.com wallet, and paytaker wallet. That is looking like the BCH uh, fanatics type of iPad there. So I just saw that and it made me laugh. It's like, yep. And the green background, of course, obviously. So this is uh, some real commitment to the cause we got going on right there. And I think showing off how much the scene is improving and diversifying and remora 101 wait wait wait, wait hold also on f- i think went. that's a flip phone like a fold out phone i don't think that's a tablet oh okay yeah. i just noticed could it It's like what is going on here <laughs> well, it could be how, how big would that be like, like i'm looking at my phone like i've got a fairly big phone if you had it, two of those yeah yeah okay I, well that would almost be the size of a, a tablet or like a smaller size tablet Phones are huge these days. <laughs> 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 I always get the big ones as well, too. Like, my hands are fairly big, so I'm happy that I don't need... Like, whatever. I pick up somebody's, like, iPhone or whatever, it's, like, tiny, you know? You can, like, really, like, wrap your fingers around the edge. No, no, give me a nice, big uh, Android phone. Uh, yeah, anyway, and then we've got Remora101, who's also feeling the vibes and says, I'm really proud of how we're doing ATM." The BTC guys can't 2X because we're here and loud and proud. BCH could be dead, but with devs and builders and podcasters and mods and memers and everyone doing a part, it's still here. This is great. Green heart, smiley, smiley. So I guess that gives you a bit of a sense that the BCH community is starting to feel themselves and be in a pretty good vibe familiar cow we give every guest on the show a chance to give their own message to the bch community and whatever you know story or point of view or encouragement or criticism or you know advice or recommendation you think they need to hear what does the bch community need to hear Hmm. I mean, that's a good question.
1: I mean, I don't have anything like super specific. I say like, I mean, obviously this is going to be my, my perspective. Yes. Just definitely try out, um, try out swaps with, uh, with Orchain. chain. You can, you can trade your stables in, you can trade your shit coins in, do, do whatever you want. <laughs> or, or don't do it. I, you know, honestly, it really doesn't matter, but uh, it's pretty cool being able to like, uh, being able to trade without some kind of, you know, uh, central entity that you need to make an account for register, just send coins in, send it out. Like just give it a shot. There's a bunch of good places to do that. Um, e- edge wallet is a great one that I think a lot of users, uh, um, a lot of Bitcoin cash users use that wallet. Um, and there's a plenty of, there's no shortage of 4 chain front end. There's a bunch of places where you can, you can try it out. Um, there's the um, who's, you know, kind of transitioned from that, you know, um, cd5 service to now just being like id d5 wrapper or swap um there's so many different front ends you can do it on trustful wallet um there's many places you can you can try it just to give it a shot it's a it's a pretty cool piece of tech so being able to just stable up or um you know buy more bitcoin cash on chain you just on-ramp your on-ramp your stables and then make your trades on-chain with uh, with our liquidity. It's pretty damn cool. So give it a shot. And uh, if you guys, if any if people have suggestions of like where they want to see swaps, if you want to see it in your own wallet, obviously my wallets can easily monetize Thorchain as well with affiliate fees. All built right into the protocol, so like it, it's a big revenue driver for a lot of wallets and, and and things and protocols. So if you're a builder, you can make use of it to kind of tap into a native on-off ramp to your own app um, or uh, just to power affiliate fees and actually make make a lot of money through whatever kind of volume you can do. So there's tons of different ways to build with it um, and you, you, can, you can get access to more than just your own ecosystem, but you could still be building on top of Bitcoin Cash, which I think is a pretty powerful thing. So um, if you want to get in touch, um, you can always reach out to me on Twitter, on Telegram. I'm just at, at familiar cow uh, or the Nine Realms team, or in the Dev Discord, um, lots of people building on this thing, and we definitely need more people building on top of uh, you know Bitcoin Cash and, and chain uh because I don't think there's really anything that's like um, specific that's been been, been built there uh, by any any of these teams. But there's there's so many cool ideas of of products that you could build. I think so. We give a lot of support to all these integrators. Uh, whatever we can do to help. Uh, definitely just let us know. We like we want to see apps gain adoption and we want to see you guys do a bunch of volume. So uh, yeah, just feel free to get in touch and we'll help you out however we can.
0: Yeah, it sounded good. I mean, it's one of the things maybe on the 2024 for uh, Celine. So you may or may not know, but I'm also one of the devs for Celine Wallet, which is uh, one of the BCH. And it is BCH only. And that's our, you know, we're a bit maximalist about that. But... Uh, We're planning in 2024 to add in a bunch of, you know, obviously new features and so forth. And I could see that maybe we would have in there one little section that you could do swaps in and out of other coins. You know, maybe you're onboarding your friend and he loves ethereum or something and you say no that's garbage look here you go just send it in here boom it's on bch <laughs> something like that yeah, man. all you, could, all you need is really cool. you know,
1: a little modal that's just like something hey send your send so you send your coins here and all of a sudden you're onboarded into the wallet you know i think that's a kind of powerful experience and a lot of not a lot of wallets have really tapped into yet and something that we're trying to do on the integration side as like one of my main priorities and things that i'm trying to do is just like yeah, so you have a Bitcoin cash only wallet, but you need to onboard, like you want to onboard as many users as possible. So like getting people in from Ethereum, getting people in from Bitcoin, getting people in from Litecoin or or just whatever, um, is going to be a powerful tool to just get more users for your own wallet. And it it also just fees that, you know, can actually like provide some substantial revenue towards, uh, you know, your own mm-hmm. development and things and kind of make it self-sustaining. So like, even if it's not in the wallet itself, just some kind of uh, thing where you can just, just, just get in. It's like, you know, it's it's a native on-ramp is the way I think of it. It's, it's so simple to just be able to be like, Oh yeah, you're an Ethereum user. Well, now you're a Bitcoin cash user. And now you're in, you're in the wallet and you can see how cool it is. So e- yes. even if the wallet is only a single chain, you can still leverage the tech. Any You could do savers too, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of yeah, different exactly. ways.
0: Exactly. Yeah yeah i mean maybe you know it would be pretty cool if you had it and you had all your bch in there but then if you happen to you know need to use litecoin or something for like bitpay or something or somebody was not supporting bch and you could just uh still scan and send off to any other chain with just a swap in the background yeah that could be super cool so anyway we'll uh we'll see about that but yeah that's definitely one uh one possible thing on the roadmap. Right. Supporter appreciation. Thank you to our our donators. As usual, thank you to our patrons, Ricky and HP. Thank you to our sponsor, General Protocols. Check out bchbull.com. And thank you to the Flipstarter contributors, Majamalu, Marcelo, Molecular, Shadow of Harbinger, Tulric, Emerging Reasons, Imaginary Username, Cheapy, Pat, Mini Satoshi, and Sandakisman, Marius. If you're new to the show and this is your first time watching, go and check out episode 85 to get the full backstory, a central guide to what is Bitcoin Cash, how did we get to it, what's going on with the podcast, what are we all doing here, that will explain a lot of things. Or you can check out bitcoincashpodcast.com, which has start guide, FAQ links, and so on and so forth. Final shout-outs, Familiar Cow, is there anything else you want to give a shout-out to? And where can people find you? I know you already mentioned like uh, Twitter and Discord, but is there anything else you want to finally sign off with
1: uh, twitter.com slash familiar cow um and just follow, follow thor chain on there i gotta hop and talk to a wallet right now who's gonna do an integration so i uh, thank you so much for having me on guys you guys are awesome and, and you guys are super responsive too I highly recommend uh you know your guys podcast with anybody because yeah. uh you guys just seem like you're really on top of it so cheers you guys i go though so Thanks. Peace. thanks for having me on again. And thanks to the community for, for listening. I uh, always appreciate oh. it. So you, you can always catch me online. So I'll see
0: you. Love it. Ciao. All right. Catch you later. Jed. do you so. have any uh, shout outs?
1: Uh, not this time. No. Our cameras are going to be
0: screwed up. but. <laughs> <laughs> and do I have any shout outs? I always think like during the week, I'm like, oh, I've got a podcast episode coming. I should shout out this and this and this. And then we get live. I'm going to have to start putting them on the slides or something because I always forget what I wanted to shout out. Well, I got to shout out BCH Guru because I'm looking forward to their launch. That's going to be sick. I'm fired up for that. Uh, I want to shout out Joel Valenzuela as well for recommending ThorChain a bunch because it does look like there's a lot of activity going on there and we should be involved in that as much as possible. And uh, let me think. think. That's pretty much it. And uh, anti shout out to Elizabeth Warren. Fuck you. I'll <laughs> uh, do it. Everybody, thank you for listening. Till next time. All right. So I started realizing that if you can just find strength, just a little bit longer, you will have a crew of people following you along the way, and that is another thing. That no one can ever teach you, you you're gonna have to learn that on your own. You're gonna have to figure out how to pull that energy out of your mind on your own. There's not, there's there's no book you can read that all of a sudden I have it. I've got the technique now. I know how to do it. Yeah. No, it's it's a, a grind that you have to start and finish on your own.